Concerning Him, an Emmaus podcast is a ministry of Emmaus Bible College. Concerning Him seeks to enrich Christians around the globe by educating and equipping them through various media. For more information about Emmaus, please visit Emmaus.edu. Hello and welcome to another episode of Concerning Him, an Emmaus podcast. Today we are joined by Beth Afanador. Am I pronouncing that correctly? You did great. I usually tell the little kids, it's I found a door quickly. Afanador. <laughs> that helps them remember. That, that's, I found a door. Okay, that's good. Um, Beth is a director at El Camino Academy in Bogota, Colombia. And uh, she's, she's going to be joining us today to talk some about uh, overseas Christian education and specifically how overseas Christian education works as, as a mission field. Um, but before we get into that, let's let's have, tell tell our listeners just some about who you are and how you found yourself as, as the director at El Camino Academy. Yeah, because it wasn't plan A. I wasn't <laughs> planning to do that. So, sure. Um, I grew up in the Chicago area, and my father was a teacher, and I always thought I was going to be a teacher. You know, one of the, one of those kids that played teacher when they were a kid, and always thought um, that that would be the role I went. Uh, the direction I would go, but I was thinking inner city, uh, like Chicago or something like that. I worked some mission trips in inner city Los Angeles and in Chicago uh, growing up, and that was the direction I was going. So when I graduated from college after getting an elementary education major, and I thought that learning Spanish would be important to be in the inner city, so I was able to get a job in Bogota, Colombia, and went to an international school there where it was rich kids. Like my kids were like, ma'am, I forgot my homework. Can the chauffeur bring it? Oh, wow. Yeah, those were my (laughs) students. And um, so I worked there and I thought I was going to do it for one year so I could kind of learn Spanish and um, then come back and and work in the inner city. Uh, During that time there was very clear that um, it wasn't necessarily going to be just one year, and God stretched it out. I ended up being there nine years. Wow! At that school, taught fifth grade, sixth grade, first grade, and it was where I was formed as a teacher, and a very good, very secular, but a very good experience. And um, during that time, they paid for me to get my master's in school administration, and that kind of was like, oh, that's interesting. But yeah. I didn't necessarily have a dream. I thought about starting a school or doing something, but um, at the end of the time, I was invited to join El Camino Academy, and it was right after we had our second child. Okay. So I was like in a very, um, the school was, it was pretty high pressure. And so having two babies, I had a, an infant and a two-year-old. Um, I was looking for something more low-key. And at that time, El Camino was 50, 60 students, not very big. It was kind of like a giant homeschool. Okay. So I could do part-time. Actually, I remember bringing the baby to school with a little basket, closing the door, signing checks and nursing at the same time. And it was a very low-key environment. And um, that was my first administrative experience, and it was part-time. Okay. And then as the school grew and my kids grew, um, it became more and more full-time. And we're now about 380 students, and I've now wow. will be completing 30 years there in, um, in March. Wow. So, yeah, I've That's... watched it switch from... One house, two houses, three houses. Now we have a beautiful facility that God has given us. And, um, yeah, that's where I am now. It's amazing how the Lord takes our plans and switches them around because that's definitely not inner city Chicago. 
No, but Bogota is a city of 9 million. So wow. it's a big city up in the mountains in the Andes, 65 degrees year round. And, and where is the school in relation to the city? We are on the far northern edge. We have a dirt road on two sides of the school. Okay. So we do see cows wandering okay. around. Um, <laughs> so we're on the very far northern edge. And most of our teachers at least live maybe, oh, 15 to 30 minutes away, depending on traffic. Like no okay. traffic, 10 minutes away. Okay. But, um, we're all on the northern edge of the city. Okay. Where we are. So it's not inner city. Okay. Yeah. It's city. It's city, but not, but not inner, inner city. city. <laughs> okay. That's good to know. Well, like I said, today I want to talk to you some about overseas Christian education as a mission field. You were you you were um, in chapel today at here at Emmaus, and you talked about you kind of gave a pitch, maybe I'd say, right mm-hmm. to to our current students about con- consider this as a way, not the only way, but as a way to participate in the Great Commission, mm-hmm. right? And so just to just to get started, I I want to ask you how. How does El Camino Academy and how do other similar schools, because there's a lot of similar schools around the world, how are they actively participating in the Great Commission? Yeah, I think schools have the privilege, um, more so than churches even, of having a lot of contact time with kids. Okay. And so um, the Great Commission is not just evangelism, but it's discipleship. Mm -hmm. And I believe that um, in a school situation, you're not just having like a Bible study and you're done. You're living out your Christianity more. And we're not a boarding school, so it's not like we're overnight, but we do life with our kids. Mm-hmm. And so um, you deal with stress and pressure, um, competition when you're in games, performance when you're doing plays and concerts, um, dealing with tests, failure, group work. Yeah. Um, all those kinds of things are doing life together. And um, we don't just preach at our kids. We have discussion groups and we have mentoring sessions and just the whole thing of interacting with our kids where it's a place where we can definitely we're teaching mm-hmm. in school, but teaching is not just preaching at people. Yeah. Teaching is helping people learn, yeah. which is interacting and projects and research and um, feedback and yeah. all of that's going on. So I feel like schools... Um, actually have a privileged position to the church mm. and because of the time amount, the amount of time that you yeah. have with kids. And in it's much more difficult to fake okay. um, like how good of a person I am. If I go to church and you see me for an hour or two, mm-hmm. it's much easier to look nice yeah. and to paint a good impression. But when you're living with kids, you know when, you know, uh, or, or teach, kids are living with teachers. Yeah, you know if they're crabby, if they're fair, <laughs> if they're um, cheerful, yeah. if they're caring. If all those qualities are much more seeable, mm-hmm. um, visible, and the fruit of the spirit. And I believe that a Christian school community that's truly living as God wants you to is a beautiful place. Yeah, um, to be able to live out the Great Commission. Yeah, well, and I and I, I kind of as you said it. I can see how it sets up discipleship a lot better, right? And it gives active avenues because these students are interacting with these teachers every day, multiple times a day. Um, yeah. We go on missions trips with our kids. Oh, really? So we okay. sweat together. We yeah. serve together. We are sick together. We are, you yeah. know, those kinds of things are happening together. Mm-hmm. And um, all of the... Living life together, I think, is what 
community, Christian community, should be more about yeah. than trying to put on a show, which sometimes is what happens in our Christian world. And so therefore, I do think it's a beautiful thing. Some schools are more evangelistic, where mm-hmm. trying to bring in people that don't know about God. And other schools are like our school is more of a discipleship-oriented yeah. school. And so those are two things that are a little bit different, but they're both part of the Great Commission. They're just yeah. different branches. Well, and one important aspect of, of discipleship is relationships. And you build, right. what I'm hearing is, and I, what I know from experience is you build good relationships with people when you have multiple ways that you interact with them. You don't mm-hmm. just talk about spiritual things. Mm-hmm. You don't just talk about sports or the weather or, you know, what type of day you had. You're, 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 you're sweating with them. You're, you're teaching, you're interacting, you're all that type of stuff together builds good relationships when you have yeah. good Christian educators. They're able to do that. If you come to school any day, you will see teachers having lunch with kids. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's not, uh, it's, it is that much more holistic of, of doing things yeah. together. Small groups are very encouraged, so mm-hmm. smaller classes and where you have discussion. We're not trying to open people's brains and just pour in, Yeah. you know, uh, like it's not a surgery. It's, we want people to grow into their faith by processing it within the word. Well, and maybe that's the answer to my next question then, because I'm, I'm wondering what, what makes El Camino Academy unique specifically? I think our emphasis on discipleship is okay. one of the things. Um, we say service, discipleship, and leadership. Service, discipleship, and leadership are three of our prongs. Okay. But underlying that, we are a school. Yeah. And academic excellence, <clears throat> I believe, to be a good leader. Mm. You have to have certain skill set that you can think well, think critically, um, project, produce, you know, um, share, process uh, things. And as a school, we work very hard to be do well academically, but not as an end in itself. Yeah. But as something that so that you can lead and influence others well. Mm. And so we are considered one of the top schools in Columbia recently in a ranking. We were number wow. 23 in the country out of 13,000 schools on one ranking. Wow. We were number three in English on another ranking. So rankings are always kind of, yeah. that's a whole other thing. But I'm just to give an idea, um, because we, we don't go for the ranking. The ranking is, that's a nice yeah. that they, they affirm us. But the goal is um, training kids that they can be in positions of leadership with competency. Okay. Just because you're a Christian, it's not like, oh, go be a senator. You know, you need to know what yeah. you're doing. You need yeah. to know information and how you talk about. But another thing that's a little bit unique about our school from other Christian schools is um, half of our families are in full-time ministry. Okay. Defined full-time ministry by 40 hours a week. Okay. So some of them are mom's 20 hours and dad's 20 hours, and they both have part-time jobs. Some of them, both parents are full-time, so it might be 80 hours. Yeah. Some of them are mom is full-time in ministry and dad's working a secular job, vice versa. But um, many of the international Christian schools have gone more the business route. So you Mm. have like a wealthier, multicultural, Mm -hmm. multinational type of um, community. We do have some multinational company kids and things like that, some diplomatic kids. But um, our thrust is families in ministry that their kids can have a great education. So okay. they get scholarships and are subsidized and trying to be so that families that choose ministry will not have to 
have um, a punishment that their kids aren't able to be in a good school. Okay. And so yeah, that makes uh, sense. Yeah, and so our school focuses on families and ministry as far as scholarships. Okay. Um, so that those families can have a good education, and so that's another thing that's a little bit unique. Another thing is our kids get a double diploma, an American and a Colombian diploma. Okay. So. People ask, is it a bilingual school? Not really, because bilingual means half-half, yeah. like half in English, half in Spanish. And we actually, um, school is all in English, okay. except for Spanish class and a couple of social studies classes. <clears throat> you can't really teach Colombian history in English. Okay. It doesn't make, you know, or Colombian yeah. geography. Um, but it is kind of unique in that we value both educational systems, and we meet the requirements for both, both educational systems. Okay. And so the kids get that double diploma, which is a... Uh, a door that, yeah you know a door of opportunity again because it gives them the chance of studying in different places yeah and, and that. so that's something else that makes us unique there aren't a lot of places where you can get double diplomas yeah. really easily that's yeah so, that's that's amazing well one other thing that makes yeah. us unique yes please in Colombia, it is by law um you have to graduate from high school your last two years you have to do 80 hours of service okay um like social service or community service well we actually start with pre-kinder and every grade has service projects all the way up. Wow. So um, the time our kids graduate, many of them have done 150, 200 hours of service. Um, and so they've been involved with you know, daycare centers, orphanages, mm. poorer schools. By the time they get to high school, we're doing one-week missions trips to indigenous groups. So they're doing a cross-cultural within Colombia, but a cross-cultural experience for them because they're going to places where they can't really communicate really easily. Yeah. But we, again, for us... The idea of leadership and service, you need to know the needs and you need to start experimenting and trying mm -hmm. and how do you do on that. So service is an integral part. And like I said, most schools do it by government rule, tenth and the last two years, 11th and 12th grade. Okay. Whereas we start with our four-year-olds. Yeah. yeah, wow. And they're already involved in service from the very early times. So it's not a shock by the time they get to those last two years. Oh, oh now I got to do... No, it's just the normal thing. They've been doing it as long as I can remember. With COVID pandemic, that was one of the hardest things to have to cancel. We had to oh. cancel two years in a row. Wow. You know, because we had the, the yeah. ones... They were just coming up. That was one of the first decisions we had to make was oh. how are we going to do it? We'd already bought tickets. We'd already... You know, we had... Basically, our whole high school is involved in mission trips because when we do mission trips with our high school kids, it's not just they go, they're sent. So like yeah. the kindergarten kids are praying for the ones going to the Amazon and the first graders are praying for the ones that are going up to the mountain indigenous, mm -hmm. indigenous tribe and all of our elementary and middle school are prayer partners with the high school groups that are going out. So it's a whole school effort. Wow. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, it was uh, it, that was one of our hard things with the <laughs> pandemic. And we're aiming to go this year in April. Okay. We'll see what it's going to look like. But Okay, well, we'll be praying for that. That's um, what we're hoping for. What, what is the role of the educator while participating in the Great Commission? Like, what, is, what does that look like day to day, if that makes sense? The hardest part yeah. is it's who you are is more important than what you're doing, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, so it's taking care of your own walk with God and knowing you're imperfect, but there's some imperfections that, or some errors that kind of say, whoa, I need to pull back from this kind of ministry. Yeah. But there's others that that's part of showing that, mm. hey, I'm a fallen person. I can say I'm sorry. I can ask forgiveness. I can keep on going. And But I think the most important part of the educator is being okay. on that. But... 
if you want the respect of your students, you have to be a good teacher. Mm -hmm. And so if you're incompetent, if you're lazy, if you're um, unfair, any of those things will block your ability to communicate well with your students. Mm -hmm. So it's who you are, but that's tied to what you do, which is be good at what you're doing. So if you're a third grade teacher, be a great third grade teacher. Mm And don't get so involved in discipleship that you're not doing your job well. Yeah. You know, and so that's the kind of thing that I think is important. It's um, it's that relational, it's um, enough transparency, but it's wise transparency. There's okay. some things you don't disclose yeah. all to everybody, Yeah. depending on the age level, depending on the relationship and the closeness. But it is a kind of a tricky balance. Okay. And I always say my teachers have a kind of a, a tightrope walk because... They're kind of a youth group leader in, <laughs> in one sense, but they're a teacher authority figure. Yeah. And like the youth group leaders try to be kind of more buddies with their kids sometimes. Mm-hmm. But you, there's a role because you are still one that you're giving grades and you're calling kids on things that are, you know, and they have to be in your class whether they want to or not. Yeah. And it's not like, oh, I don't feel like going to youth group today. I'm not going. Yeah. You know, and so you as a teacher, as an authority figure, have to have that balance of a healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. But it is an adult to a teen or a child you know and so that is a tricky thing as far as in that whole discipleship role that makes sense that's good but that it's important to me to hear that that that's something that they're thinking about and that they're they're trying to manage it and and it's it's a good struggle i'm Uh sure because you 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 would want to if you're sending your kid there you'd want them to receive a good education um and not just have youth group type teachers. However, you would really hope that they're getting that good, consistent discipleship and building those relationships. So that's a balance. Yeah, absolutely. That's really good. Um, What, what is the need as we're talking about this? What is the need around the world for Christian educators? Like there were members of a group called association of Christian schools international. So I'm more familiar with that. Mm -hmm. Um, They, we have schools in at least 70 different countries. Pretty much every capital city in the world has a Christian school. Okay. And many of our um, countries where they have other big cities Mm -hmm. could also have one in satellite cities, you know, other cities uh, around. And every Christian school, there's two types of Christian schools, basic. Well, there's more, but two basic, which would be an international um, school in another country, but where the curriculum is still either North American or British or mm-hmm. it's foreign, it's in English. And another would be a national Christian school where, like in Colombia, they would be schools that are basically taught in Spanish. Mm-hmm. Well, they might have English one period a day or two periods a day, but the school is a Colombian school. Okay. And in both of those types of schools, Christian teachers are sought after and desired. Okay. In the international school, there are a basic necessity to run the school because mm. I can't have an American curriculum and no one that can teach the American curriculum. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's not just teaching English because there's Colombians that speak English well. But if you haven't been trained in the American way of doing education mm. and to teach American history and American literature and American, it's a little bit more difficult. And obviously a native English speaker who is trained in the system can do a better job. Yeah, we have Colombians on our staff, and we, especially for the Colombian program, mm-hmm. um, but we seek out those that have that um, training to be able to do that. If you wanted to be in a national school, um, there in Colombia, for example, it's it is by law 
um, kids are supposed to take English on their final exam, like their like their ACT, okay. SAT exams. Yep. And so English is one of the things they're measured on. Okay. And so every school's supposed to be teaching English, but many of them are learning English from teachers who are not very capable or qualified. Mm-hmm. So a Christian national school that could get some Christian teachers that have English abilities, they're thrilled. Yeah. Because it can l- raise up their whole level of education when there's somebody that has the capability, the competency mm-hmm. to do that well. Yeah. So um, both those are two really big ones. The other one that's a little smaller are place Christian schools that are more like on compounds or that are separated out. This would be more like Wycliffe Bible Translator or New Tribes. Okay. Yeah. Might have a base. Yep. And that's not that's going to be a school in English, but it would be just probably missionary kids not mixing with the national culture. Okay where it would be more like the Christian international schools in cities would mm. tend to be more of a mixture. Some countries have laws like China. Chinese students cannot go to an international school okay. in, in certain contexts. Yeah. And so there may be each country may have some specific, but basically those are your categories okay. of Christian education. And I would say if you go right now on some of these websites that are looking for teachers, you may be looking at 500, 600, 700 job openings. Wow. There are tons of job openings for positions for being involved in Christian schools overseas. Okay. And there's many of the schools that are not even advertising because it's like a dream above what they could dream. Yeah. They would get a native English speaker come to their school. Um, I know that I work with the Colombian Association of Christian Schools or we're active involved with them. Um, and I could, if I found uh, a, an American or a North American or a native English speaker that wanted to go to one of their schools and I called up the director and said, Hey, look at, I've got that. Yeah. It would be like, wow. That really? Was, oh okay. yeah. And even like some, a short term people that would come down for a couple of weeks or months okay. even, um, to help out with the English program would be something that would be, um, very appreciated. I know when we bring groups down. And they, they want to be on a missions trip, and they're like, oh, we could help build. I'm like, high school kids, I would rather put them using English. That's a mm. skill set they have. They're not builders or yeah. painters, um, but they do speak English. And so okay. for me, the best mission trips that I can plan for somebody coming down a short term yeah. would be somebody that could work with English as a second language activities. Okay. And I can bless schools or daycare centers or whatever with somebody that can help their kids with English. And Somebody that would be interested in in coming onto the staff, you know, teaching mm-hmm. for a year or two or, mm-hmm. or however long you take them. Oh, what? as long as they want to come, usually. <laughs> what What are the qualifications? Is that a mm-hmm. teaching degree? Is that just a bachelor's degree? What What are you looking for? Um, well, ideal. It depends what month of the year it is. If it's okay. July or November, I have a different uh, standards a little bit because in November, my standards will be higher. If it's July <laughs> and school starts in three weeks. I might be, okay, God, is this the person that yeah. you want to join our team? But ideally, um, well, even if it's July, yeah. they have to have a, a, a college degree. Okay. Um, I can't easily, in Columbia at least, get a um, a visa for someone that does not have a college degree Okay. for a work visa. If you want to come down as a volunteer, yeah. you can come down and help us out in summer school. You can help us, but I can't pay you yeah. like a work visa. If you come down as a volunteer or a visitor or a tourist, you can help out. Um, if you're going to be working, I need a college degree. Okay. Generally speaking, um, very few exceptions. Ideally, you've studied education or have experience in education, but I do work with people 
like I have a civil engineer who's teaching math right now. Okay. I have had different people that have certain backgrounds that match um, in elementary education. It's yeah. been more likely in the early education or an education degree okay. um, on that and in secondary. But I had a lawyer who was teaching social studies for a okay. while. I've, you know, I've had yeah. different, yeah. different professions. But generally speaking, it's college degree minimal. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully a teaching degree or certification okay. or something like that, but or experience, mm-hmm. or if not that, a very teachable spirit. Okay. <laughs> because then we will mentor you. We have a lot of new teachers, so we're set up for mentoring and okay. support and giving the support you need. What are what are specific needs that you have at El Camino Academy right now? Right now, I need a fourth grade teacher that if I found one tomorrow, I would bring them back down with me okay. <laughs> in my suitcase when I go back in two weeks, um, ideally possibly starting in January, okay. being a little bit more serious. But um, we had a larger class, and my dream was to break it into two groups, especially after our year of the pandemic, because kids on screen did not do as well with language development last okay. year. Okay. And that so I have sense. a larger class. Most of my classes are closer to 20, 22, and this class is 27. Okay. So I wanted to split it so that we could have some really focus. So I'm looking for a fourth grade teacher now. Okay. Um, I would also take a math teacher right now in secondary, again, to split some groups and to do a little bit more. Um, and then next year, I don't know my list exactly, but I will need at least three to five elementary teachers. Okay. Um, secondary, I'm going to need almost everything in English, a math, wow. a science, a social studies. Not that I don't have them, but to complement, yep. to have the right numbers that we need. Um, Bible, I'm looking for a chaplain. Um, I want two Bible teachers, actually, and music, um, art, possibly. I don't know. My art teacher hasn't made a decision yet. It's okay. like at this point, the yeah. ones that are there are still making decisions about next year. So I have to kind of throw the net wide. Yep now and then hopefully decide in the near future but normally um seven to 15 teachers per year is what we're needing wow yeah wow well if anybody's listening and is interested get a hold of get a hold of beth at el camino academy our website it has and and all the information you need plus um how to get in touch with us okay um what are some different options as people think okay You've convinced me. You've convinced me that this is an, not just an area to, to fulfill the Great Commission, participate in the Great Commission, but, but maybe an area that they're they're interested in. What are different options when they're they're considering this as far as what kinds of schools? You, you covered that a little bit, but maybe uh, countries, what types of education mm-hmm. roles, maybe that they want to help, but they don't really feel like an educator. Are there, are there rooms, for, is there room for play, mm-hmm. people like that too? Yeah. Um, First of all, I think that you have to kind of think, is this a short term, like coming down to help for a week or two? Most schools are looking for people for a year commitment. Okay. Um, obviously, there's a place for someone to come down and to do <laughs> some uh, professional development mm-hmm. or to do a retreat for our high school kids or things yeah. that are very short term. But basically, in schools, we're looking for people to make a commitment for the year. Okay. And I almost ask, always ask people to do a two-year commitment. Because okay. the first year, you're learning so much, yeah. and you're really figuring things out. You don't even know if you like it. Yeah. And the second, you're so much better. Mm-hmm. And we found that over and over and over again. So I would highly recommend people to consider two years at once, and then maybe tack on another year or two mm-hmm. after that, but to start with that. Um, but the question was more as far as what options they would have. 
teachers obviously is your number one, but mm-hmm. we need counselors, um, psychologists, school psychologists. I need um, tech people like IT support. Okay. Um, I need right now specifically an office assistant that has good editing abilities because most of my office staff is Colombian. Oh, so okay. they write in Spanish, but before it gets published, on the website or letters to parents or whatever, we need some very good communication editing skills. Um, ESL, English as a second language specialist, is a big thing. People that are with sports, um, you know, PE and extracurricular types Mm -hmm. of sports. Um, Librarian, people in that area. Um, I said ESL. Um, Pretty much if you tell me, hey, I studied this, my next, I'm a brainstormer, <laughs> and my next thing would be, and you're interested in Columbia, let's see, what would be a good fit? Okay. And sometimes you can't find something, but like I do this often when you have a spouse who's not a teacher mm-hmm. and they want to come down, so because you want both people to be happy. Yeah. So what could you find would be, I have a business ed, business administration major teaching math, for example, okay. right now. His wife is a trained teacher and he was a business administration and this is their second year with us. So okay. it's that kind of a thing when you mm-hmm. find somebody that's worth finding a good spot for. Um, sometimes just um, you need somebody to do all those extras, which would be a combination of subbing and maybe leading student council and mm. heading up the Model UN and organizing the retreat and all of those things. If you've got a teacher that's teaching 20 to 25 hours, um, and you're throwing on all that extra administrative type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I have somebody that's coming next semester, and they're going to be basically subbing. Okay. And I have someone actually right now just graduated from Biola. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, who is kind of taking a gap semester and has been helping us subbing and projects. Okay. You know, so when they're not subbing, they're helping us do spreadsheets or mm. you know different types of things like that. Okay. So pretty much willing heart. <laughs> And some sort of a some sort of a profession. Yeah. Um, and then look and see can we find something that's not just making something up, mm-hmm. something that's truly useful, so that it's a a, yeah. a good fit. Yeah. Um, well, how can our listeners learn more? Two things. One specifically. Uh, sorry, in, I'd say more in general to begin with about this mission field. Mm-hmm. They're interested in want to see the different options around the world. And then and then maybe secondly, specifically about El Camino Academy, how can they learn more about mm-hmm. options there? There's different um, sources out there on the web as far okay. as, like I said, Association of Christian Schools International, ACS, which is ACSI. Um, NICS is another big organization that has, it's called the Network of International Christian Schools. Okay. Um, CSI, Christian Schools International. There's different um, organizations that have their own networks of international schools. And so all of them, um, I work with a group called RCE, which is Resourcing Christian Education. Okay. And they've got, I think, about 500 different options out there. Okay. Of different, um, they just have a ton of different options. So there's uh, Teach Beyond is another organization that focuses on teachers overseas. Okay. So there's a lot of organizations. You Google and you're going to get all the things that I'm saying that okay. you can get just general information. Uh, Teach Next is another mm-hmm. or organization. Um, so there's a lot out there and uh, lots of needs and a lot of ways to get it. 
As far as El Camino specifically, um, our web- website is ECA for El Camino Academy dot okay. edu, like education. Yeah. Dot co, like Colombia, because Colombia is spelled C O L O M B I A, which is a lot of people don't know that, and so yeah. they th- they might uh, Google Colombia with a U. But oh yeah. Colombia with an O, um, and our website has a, a ton of information just okay. as far as what to do. We actually start with an inquiry uh, form on our website because our actual application is pretty long and we don't want people to waste their time if it's not a good mm-hmm. match. So mm-hmm. I would rather you spend five minutes and then we say, yeah, you look like a good match. Keep on. Yeah. Or say, eh, we really don't have anything for you. Don't waste your time filling out our application. So it's kind of a respect yeah. kind of issue. So um, in that sense, I'm actually going to be in the States for the next two weeks or so. Okay. And um, I'm, but it doesn't really matter anymore. That used to be important, but now we can call from overseas. Yeah. You know, you can do everything virtually. So whether, wherever I am, I'm always <laughs> loving to talk to people. I actually have an appointment tomorrow morning with a girl that's in Korea to talk about teaching uh, here. And then tomorrow night I have an appointment with somebody in the Wheaton area. So, I mean, okay. you know, you're, you, it doesn't matter anymore yeah. with communications. Yeah. You can be in touch. So, yeah. Okay. And I love talking about what God's doing and about teaching overseas. So it's something Great. that I enjoy. Great. Well, if if we've intrigued any of your interests and, and you're, you're interested in either El Camino or over, overseas Christian in general, education yeah. in general, uh, either find El Camino's website or, or research some of those uh, options that she mentioned. Um, Beth, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. My privilege, it. fun to share about some of the things that God's doing. Because as I mentioned in chapel this morning, I really do believe that it's an unspoken, often, the idea of uh, Christian education overseas is not talked about very much mm-hmm. as an option of a way of reaching both countries and serving the missionary yeah. families, both. But it's a very important um, part of the Great Commission. Great. Well... Thank you very much. Thank you. This has been another episode of Concerning Him. Thank you for listening to Concerning Him, an Emmaus podcast. Ministries like Concerning Him are possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit emmaus.edu slash partner.